I want to be clear. <laughs> let's let's clear this up. Travis was young enough that when he cried like a little baby because Bret Hart lost, he was very young and it's acceptable. Although I'm not saying that if it happened now, I would not cry. <laughs> <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Every week, John, John Fraser. Fraser. To me, if this isn't rock bottom for the Bombers, I don't know what is. And Travis Cura. Who would win between the world's fastest cow, the CFL Rabbit, or Brandon Banks? We'll deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Bad pizza's better than good salad, right? It's true. <laughs> it, it, it really is. Just like bad wings are, are better than most anything in the world. Can't forget the nonsense. Ready, set, hook Welcome to episode 63. Four of the two and out CFL podcast. I'm Travis Curra, and finally making his return to the podcast that actually has his voice, his name in the damn intro. You'd think he would show up more. I'm gonna I'm gonna add this adjective to the front of his name. The real John Fraser. Yes, finally. John Fraser has returned to the Two It Out CFL podcast. Uh, I expect I expected <laughs> cheering. I expected I'm gonna, fireworks. I, I'm the editing guy. There is going to be nice uh, uh, a chorus of crickets in there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm glad. I'm glad we're doing this again. Uh, it only the last one came on December 1st, 2016, after the Grey Cup. And man, uh, some things have happened since then. Well, yeah, and we've been asked a few times on Twitter, Facebook, everything, and we've been kind of vaguely saying we're on hiatus because I was dealing with some stuff. Um, Here's the deal. Since that December 1st, I have decided to start pursuing new job opportunities. So basically, I decided that this radio thing wasn't working for me any anymore for a long list of reasons, um, family being the most important. I didn't want to be on the road anymore. Weird hours. I was busy, and I had just grown fatigued with it. So I said to Travis back, and I think it was January, I said, you know what, man, I'm, I'm currently, my spare time is being focused on finding a new job and working the rush season and it was it was a lot and to be honest I was so burnt out doing what I used to be doing the thought of picking up a mic and having fun just wasn't there anymore I I wasn't having fun so um, I have since gotten a new job I'm now a finance manager at Meidel Honda here in Saskatoon which means they're now the keynote I guess sponsor of the Two and Out CFL podcast. They pay my bills now. So do um, I get a like a, a, a sweet ride during the season then? Um, <laughs> if you want to pay me money for it, then yes, I can uh, definitely get that, you into a sweet ride. That, we're not sponsoring them. <laughs> <laughs> this is the other way around, man. But I'm available. I'm available. Listen. If anybody's getting the sweet ride from Meidel Honda, it's going to be me because I'm the guy that works there. Or you are listeners because I will get you the best deal possible. That's kind of what I do. So um, I started that job uh, last week into my first week actually in the dealership this week. And now it's finally, you know, I- I'm still pretty hectic with the rush. That ends this Saturday will be my final broadcast. But, you know, now the mind is clear. The batteries are recharged and I have more balance to my life. And I'm happy uh, to be back on the podcast and as well Travis uh, I have a confession to make to you and to all of our loyal listeners and what is that 
I never quit being a Blue Bomber fan. Not for one second. What I was doing, <laughs> let's reveal behind the curtains. You were committed I, to that. I was, and I was trying to <laughs> make me more universally appealing for a CFL play-by-play job. Now that I realize that's not the career I really had in mind, and it's not what I wanted to be, go Bombers. Go Bombers so hard, <laughs> and go Bombers straight to the Grey Cup. Last season was so f***ing awesome. We were back in the playoffs. Yeah, we gagged in the playoffs. It doesn't matter. But Lapo and O'Shea are leading us back to the promised land sooner than later. And actually, Travis, for those who are just thinking that, oh, yeah, John's full of it, whatever. No, 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 no. I can tell you, John Hodge from the Blue Bomber Talk podcast saw me at a game after I had apparently gone and given away my fandom in Winnipeg last year. He can vouch I was head-to-toe in bomber gear. Oh, caught red-handed. Oh, no, I told John, I'm like, I DM'd him. He probably still has the DM be like, listen, this whole thing about not being a bomber fan is all a ruse. Uh, you'll find me in my... I think I was wearing my Ryan Dinwiddie jersey. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and you're telling me Fraser and Curra will never be on the CFL on TSN panel? No, I don't think so. Uh, unless they like... I mean, also in the past year, we've decided that the league likes other podcasts a lot more than us. <laughs> Um, I think, I think a lot start- of people do. Does anybody still care about this podcast? That was the real like question. St- I always feel like we're starting from like the ground floor again here. Welcome to episode one of the Two and Out <laughs> CFL podcast. 2.0. Let's call it that. <laughs> the oh. 2.0 CFL podcast. The rebooted. We're basically like a... You know, the last one was the first go at a comic book movie. We're like the second go at a comic book movie. What's oh, the reboot? I like it, it. And we still haven't talked football, so nothing has changed. <laughs> Let's uh, hit the news button and uh, see if we can put together what's happened so far this off season in some sort of sense. All right. Let's do it. In the Huddle with Fraser and Kura on the To It Out podcast. All right, well, I guess we, we can start with what's fresh, uh, CFL Week. You know week. what? I got something fresh here. Okay. And okay. It, it, Travis, I'm so excited by this, and by the return of the 2 and Out CFL podcast. <laughs> I know he started his own podcast, but we are also the first ones to announce Fake Gainers Fundraiser this year. Oh, there's some at, news. At Fake Gainer on Twitter, gave this to us a couple weeks ago, and then, of course, we ran into more typical scheduling nightmares like we do, but now we're here. So we are proud to announce on behalf of At Fake Gainer on Twitter, one of the best dudes out there. Uncle Nick's Steamrollers for Kids. One dollar will be donated to a minor sports program in Canada for every Nick Lewis straight arm, big man hurdle, spinorama, or steamroller after a catch in a 2017 regular season game. I think he should include the playoffs as well. But basically, every time Nick Lewis just steamrolls a guy or just does Nick Lewis things, Fake Gainer's going to give a buck to the kids. I like it. That is awesome. So that is exclusive news. We need, like, breaking news sound effects for that. So I, ho- I hope people do still care. Otherwise, nobody will hear Fake Gainer's big news. Nah, we'll just tweet it out. There's, uh, we still have, like, 1,200 followers. I still have, like, 1,400 because they haven't figured out that I don't do radio anymore, and I'm just yet another guy in the car business on Twitter. 
<laughs> However, that being that being said, you are going to be um, so sleazy. Every single one of your followers, whether they're a fake porn star or whatever, is going to get a message. Hey, come buy from me. I'm greasy. You hey, know? you you come. Hey, 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 man. The car business isn't greasy anymore. It is the highest regulated business there is out there. Okay, okay. So trust me but on that. But you're in more, it. No that was more, before you were no in mo- it. Hey, no more. Hey, Travis. Hey, you come, you'll get the halogen fluid. Or, you know, maybe we just throw in the top up of the halogen fluid. We get great deal on you go. You go. It's just like General Motors. <laughs> None of that. It wrapped up over the weekend, but CFL week was in Regina over the past week. And you know what? It looked like it was a pretty damn good time. What did you take away from it? You know what? My expectations were kind of low. I thought, you know what, how how are people going to embrace it, especially in Saskatchewan? I think Saskatchewan is really good at cheering for the riders, but really bad at cheering for anybody else. They just, you walk up to a rider fan, and you're like, hey, name another player that's in the league someplace, and they they love their team, but your typical rider fan, typically, yeah, the knowledge of the rest of the league is a little you know, lacking. But I think they proved me completely wrong. If you look, the the players look to be super accessible. They couldn't stop beaming about Regina. Look at the tweet that Bo Levi Mitchell sent out that, that the best thing about the CFL in Regina. People were going up to him asking him about his kid. Yeah. I mean, like, hey, how's how's your wife? How How's being a dad? Like, to me, that's really cool because I was worried that, and not to rag on, on a sport that you love, Trav, you know, the WWE. I was worried that you know, I've seen the pictures from you at WrestleMania where it's like, hey, you can get a picture with your favorite wrestler, but you got to lean in really awkwardly across the table. Right. I was afraid that that's how CFL Week would be set up, and it wasn't. The league did a tremendous job. The players were there. They were accessible. You could walk up and talk to them, get a picture. The Grey Cup was in town. I was very busy last week. I was in training for my new job and then taking my uh, back-to-back weekend with the Saskatchewan Rush. But I do say I was thoroughly impressed. It looked like the Combine was a great time. And I wish there was more coverage. I would have watched highlights of the CF of this U Sports Passing Showcase that, of course... University of Saskatchewan Huskies pulling that one out. I would love to see a little bit more of that, you know, maybe some web streaming in that. And maybe it was out there. I literally jumped on a plane to Colorado with zero sleep. Yeah, you want to be a f-ing play-by-play guy, Trav? This is what your life looks like. Work till up till one the night before. Get on a Go to the airport at three on no sleep. Uh, catch two planes across to Denver. And then because your old employers were frugal, you end up flying back from Denver to Toronto to Saskatoon to save some money. What I want is to to be the guy that works for three minutes before the game, uh, yeah. works for ten minutes at halftime, and then yep. five minutes after the game. I don't want to do anything in between. That, that's too much work. <laughs> I want, like, 15 total minutes of work. <laughs> Well, fantastic. Then, you know what? Uh, you can be the pre- and post-game host. But unfortunately for me, being the play-by-play guy, you start to, as we're peeling back the curtain a little bit, I think people maybe are starting to understand why I'm not doing that anymore. And it, it seems very rare these days, but it looks like most of the reporters were happy with what the league was doing last week. Usually, I, I great, know. usually great cup week. These guys are every single one of the football reporters in Canada are <laughs> all kinds of blazing. The league's doing this wrong. The league's doing that wrong. 
But well, Terry. Well, for one, okay, I can see this is the beauty of doing the podcast now and not in the media. Terry Jones needs to stop whining. He, he Terry, does whine quite a bit. Terry Jones won't be happy until he can follow a player home, get into his living room, and have a one-on-one interview with him when nobody else can. I get it. The league needs to do a better job of marketing the players. And I think you know why everybody was happy with CFL Week? It's because the league basically said, hey, it's an idle week in March, the players are accessible as you want them to. The reason everybody bitches during Grey Cup week is you've got players that are sitting there about to play the biggest game potentially of their lives. They don't want to talk to the media guys. No. You know, in an idle week in March, of course they want to talk to the media guys. Even in training camp, they want to talk to the media guys more than during the regular season. So that's why everybody was so happy because they had the limited access that they desire during the season, but they'll never get it. And I can't blame them for never getting it. It actually looked like the players were enjoying it, too. Well, that's because there's no pressure, right? You're not going to have somebody come up to you. Although, apparently, and this comes from our friend Joel Gasson of Three Down Nation, he was telling me there were some unnamed uh, websites out there that are popular or think they're popular for CFL football that had one of their reporters asking Cavis Reed about the 13th man game. Oh, Wow. You want to see dumb reporting. Now, that's dumb reporting. I, I think, though, you know, everybody had a good chance to get together. The players were accessible. The coaches were accessible. And as much as I rip on Terry Jones for whining, you know, maybe this will finally give the indication to the league that, hey, maybe we do need to make these guys just a touch more accessible. I'm, again, I've never been one to think, and I know a lot of my now ex-media colleagues disagree with me, I don't think that the media should ever be in the dressing room all free and wimbly bimbly. You know, if you want, but I do think that the league as a whole and the teams need to do a better job of, you know, if, if a Jamie Nye or a Terry Jones or a guy, you know, from a reputable source comes out and says, I want to do this interview with this guy and I need him outside of the scheduled hours, I think they should be more receptive to that. Yeah, and uh, it, it looked like maybe 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 this changes their mindset too uh, on the league side. I mm-hmm. I, I don't know because there was a lot of really good buzz coming out of CFL Week, and it, it seems like a lot of times there's a lot of negative stuff surrounding this league lately, and yeah. it, it's nice to have something positive, even though it's March. <laughs> <laughs> no, and and the thing is, I I think it just it does expose, and it's it fills. We always ripped on the CFL for going essentially into a blackout period from the time free from the time basically the Grey Cups over to free agency, from free agency to the draft, from the draft to training camp. I think CFL week is a really nice way to break that up a little bit. I still think the league maybe needs to look at ways of closing those gaps a little bit more. But I thought CFL week was outstanding. I'm excited to see where. It goes next um and then the debate becomes and trav i'm gonna ask you this trav do you think it should go to you know a cfl market that's already strong like edmonton hamilton or do you think the league would be better suited putting in a place where it's weak like bc or toronto to me i'd like to see it go strong again to build some momentum love to see it in hamilton or edmonton what do you think i do think it should uh go everywhere like eventually oh eventually uh, everywhere for, yeah. for the next year i'd like to see it yeah in another strong city to keep that 
momentum up. Maybe, I don't know, what do you think about this? If they had the week in the same city that had the Grey Cup or the, or the city that has the Grey Cup the following season to kind of get the fans and the buzz in that city, I, I think that would be a good idea. I, I would agree, but I think at some point you need to, you know, I don't know if they'll ever execute the goal of getting people to travel for CFL week. No, and there were some. Uh, I think there were a lot of people from Calgary in Regina, but, you know, it, it's quite the drive, but it's doable. I, no, I, exactly. I, and I, and I'm, I assume if you if you had it in Edmonton, you'd probably have a guy like yourself come up from Red Deer and lots of people yeah. from Calgary or vice versa, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I did hear that uh, because some kind of – they kind of marketed it as an off-season Grey Cup, but – Grey Cup is so much to do with the parties, and uh, Friday uh, the the fan fest closed at nine, and Saturday it closed at three. So mm. uh, I I don't know if that's something that they want to push in the future or 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 what. But yeah, like I I said, I would definitely go if it was close. But I, I didn't feel an urgency to drive you know nine or ten hours to Regina for it. And I think no matter what you do with CFL Week, I think, again, it's going to be very good, but I think it's going to be very good regionally. I don't think you're going yeah. to get that goal of people traveling. I think in terms of travel, if I wasn't busy that week, would I have gone and stayed with my cousin in Regina or a friend in Regina? Probably, yeah. I would have went and crashed on a couch. Would I have you know, put up the money to fly someplace and pay for hotels and everything for CFL Week? Not a chance, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I totally get that. There there was some news that came out last week, some stories that I was following, and I, okay. I guess uh, we'll talk about that a little later on. I think the the big news, or some of the biggest news, was where the 2018 Grey Cup is going to be because it is the first one with this new bidding process, is it not? It is. It's the first one where your city has to step forward and basically say, hey, we want it, which to me is ludicrous that it wasn't like that before. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, that just made I, – I didn't realize it was like that. I get it. The league wants to spread it around. But at the same note, you need to – you know, you, you need cities that actually want to have it. <laughs> so I, I, I like this new bidding process too because it, it lets you behind the scenes a little bit because, again, sorry, Travis, I was, comp- I was pretty preoccupied last weekend as well. It's Edmonton and it's Edmonton that's in the bidding for this one. Edmonton and Calgary. Yeah. So, and then the beauty is too with this is now if you're a city like Hamilton, you're no longer sitting and waiting for the league to come and say, "Okay, Hamilton, it's finally your turn." You know, you're able to go. Okay, those are two strong cities that are bidding. Will bid in 2019. So I, I think it allow it's it's going to be just much better all the way through and. I think now we'll see it, as I had mentioned before, only coming to cities that I I don't know the next time you're going to see it in, in Toronto, to be honest. Because if you're, if you're MLSE, why would you bid on it? It was a bit of a disaster last year, no matter what some idiots on Twitter seem to argue with me constantly about. But did um, they want it last year? I, I, I They probably wanted the profit, but when the profit wasn't there... You know, it, it clearly you can't just say we're having Grey Cup and make it, make it turn money. You need to put a little bit more thought into it these days, and I think this is going to cause that to happen because now you have to present. It's not like you get the Grey Cup, now figure out how you're going to do it. It's we want the Grey Cup, and this is how we're going to do it. So, you know, I think because of stadium issues, you might not see it in Montreal for a while. You're probably not going to see it in Toronto for a while. 
I would even dare say I don't know how quickly Winnipeg's going to go after it again or BC. Well, it kind of surprised me that Calgary was in the running because of their current stadium situation. Yeah, you know what, though? I think Calgary is a, is enough of a CFL city, and Calgary has the ability to host a party. I mean, their downtown is very close to the stadium. They have lots of convention space. I think Calgary, you know, that's you don't need to blow anybody away. I mean, you and I have been to how many Grey Cups, Trav, and how many times have we looked at each other and said... You know, I could have I could have not seen the game and been happy. Oh, that's just about everyone. Right. Uh. <laughs> so I think I think although Calgary may not have the stadium, I think they're going to I think they're going to put on a great job and I'd love to go to a Calgary Grey Cup. That city knows how to party. All along I said it would be Ottawa, Edmonton, Hamilton and then Regina. So far I'm looking okay. Uh, yeah, you're, I, I think I think you're going to be bang on, and I think that that rotation right there, Trav, or some semblance of it, is going to bring the Grey Cup back to what it was. Oh, absolutely. Now, Hamilton did say they're, they're not going to bid until 2019. Just got to hope that those legal issues with the stadium is solved by then, or they might yeah. not even be ready for 2019 either. But if they're not ready in 2019, you know damn well where John is going to be. Yeah, they, they they should be, or maybe they do. Uh, Calgary back to back Alberta, like they did, uh, you know, seven eight years ago. It's it, no, you're absolutely right. I think there's the the CFL has a chance here to really build the Grey Cup back up again by sticking to markets that are really good. Even if they go back to back Edmonton, Calgary, maybe they go to Regina and wait until the issues are solved in Hamilton. But to me, as soon as the issues are solved in Hamilton, they should get that next Grey Cup. Let's talk about some of the transactions that went on through the season. Just some of them. I know they've all been beaten to death, and there's about 700 of them. Uh, 700 of them, and there's lots of, despite what other podcasts say, you should listen to multiple podcasts because there's a lot of good ones out there. (laughs) Looking at you, Let's Talk CFL. We're we're the cream of the crop. the only podcast that, if you're the only podcast that people should listen to, People need to spread their wings a little bit. I don't even want to name off how many good ones there are, but you've probably heard us shout them out. Ask him, O Empire, you know, Piffle's podcast, uh, both the onside CFL Fantasy, Rouge Radio. Those are just some Blue Bomber Talk, Podski Wee Wee. Like, you got your cho- Bleed Red Blacks. Like, you got your choices. Like, pick the one you likes, picks the few you likes, listen to them. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to slam anybody, but the. I'm just not going to go there. I can now because who cares? I just this is the new generation of I don't care, John. Every um, podcast you named is better than the one that made the comment. So, I, <laughs> dude, dude, we could make a podcast of you and I literally talking about. Um, let's see, what do I have in my ba- we, water bottles? You and I could make a podcast <laughs> specifically talking about water bottles. That'd be, be better than that trash that tried to slam. Every single one of us. And and any podcast that I've left out that don't feel offended, I love you all, and you're all better than that one automatically. <laughs> yes. It's trash. Just Although, get on no, iTunes. You know what, though? There's some bad ones in the lacrosse world, man. I tell you what. <laughs> so transactions. Uh, today, uh, the BC Lions... Trade six-time All-Star Javon Olafoye uh, to Montreal. And Wally Bono, again, willing to move on from those veterans no matter how good they were if he thinks that they're starting to cost a little too much money for his team. 
And an organization with Joe Mack around is once again trading Canadians. <laughs> I'm not saying, but I'm saying. I do wonder if uh, Wally is thinking that maybe Brett Boyko is going to use up his practice roster time and end up back in BC, and it'll be a bit of a seamless transition for them. I would. Uh, I uh, he very well could, or uh, David Foucault. Foucault, Foucault, <laughs> David um, could also be another guy that I, I think could turn into a legit CFLer if he wants to go ahead and take that route. Absolutely. Any transactions that surprised you or that are the biggest stories of the offseason you want to talk about? To me, the biggest one, and again, maybe this is my Sasky bias, um, when the Riders first got rid of Darian Durant, and I still think it's a move they will regret, I don't think you can pin any of that at all last year on Durant. I'm a big, big, big Durant fan. I actually was hoping he'd go to Winnipeg. If you look to the fancy stats from our boy Derek Taylor from TSN, Matt Nichols was more helped by a good defense than he did creating anything. I mean, hell, if that when Durant, who's in his late 30s, is leading a team in rushing and passing, and I'm sure if they had somebody that could throw, if it wasn't for Naaman Roosevelt, he'd find a way to lead them in receiving as well. <laughs> it's just, it, like, I think they're going to regret it because I don't think there's any reality in which last year was Durant's fault at all. Now, all that being said, I, th I thought it was, I still don't agree with the trade, but when they went out and got Vince Young, and a lot of people are going to sit here and say, all right, Vince Young, here's the deal. Other guys that have come from the NFL are coming here to get back into the NFL. Vince Young, if you haven't done your research, has a couple really, really good jobs. One at the University of Texas he's on leave for. Another, he has his own real estate company. Vince Young doesn't need the scratch. Vince Young is doing this for the love of the game, and he's doing it for a reason. Now, that all being said about Vince Young, I think he's going to have a very good season for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. He's working hard. He's throwing CFL balls. And you know what? If it ends up he, for whatever reason, doesn't work out, maybe Father Time has caught up to him or whatever. Maybe it just doesn't work. If you believe Justin Dunk, which I believe Justin Dunk, and to me, you're insane if you don't, and you need to really reevaluate where you get, and, and never ask a man to give up his sources. A man will never give up his sources. Just don't be stupid, people. Because then um, you don't have sources. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The minute you give them up the, is the day you lose them. Several of my sources have still told me, so you're not going to blow me up now that you sell cars. I'm like, no, no, right, finance cars. Everybody calls me a car salesman. I'm not a car salesman. But uh, everybody uh, has said to me, I said, no, no, no. Your secrets are still safe with me. Don't you worry. This is an amateur hour. As a long aside, as our friend Justin Dunk says, the writers, essentially, he's got a small signing bonus. That's it. That's it. They can cut him tomorrow and barely take a hit. Well, the Vince Young thing is low risk, high reward. Oh, a sky high reward. I, I, I think we can all agree on that. It just looks stupid when you let go your your franchise guy. Oh yeah, absolutely. For a, for a guy with the exact, almost the exact same age that hasn't thrown a ball for four years and has never played a Cana the Canadian game. <laughs> so no, and you're absolutely right, Trav, and, and I couldn't agree with you more. Um, 
I still don't like the Durant trade, but I think that Vince Young is going to lessen the blow because I think he's going to be pretty good. The fact that Darian Durant isn't essentially opening the stadium that he built is asinine, and I think if this Vince Young thing fails, Chris Jones is going to find himself jobless in a hurry. It's it's almost like it reminds me of the Ricky Ray trade. It's almost you get guys that are so full of so confident in their own abilities that they think they're just going to go find a guy off the scrap heap and they can find anybody. Now the thing is, the other argument is, well, you know, Vince Young's taking snaps away from from another young guy. Have you looked at the steaming pile of dumpster fire that is the Riders' quarterbacks from last year, not named Durant? Well, that's the issue here, and it's not just a Chris Jones issue. It's a Brendan Tamman issue that there was never another guy able to... They put so much into the Tino Sinceri thing that there was never a guy ready to take over for Durant. The official quarterback of the Two and Out (laughs) CFL podcast. They were never ready for Durant to be gone, and they still aren't. No, you're right. They aren't. I think Vince Young will lessen the blow, though. I think this is a 500 football team with, so, Vi- with the Vince Young-Kevin Glenn combo. It, it seems like the plan, and I maintain that if your plan is to wait for James Franklin in free agency, that's not a good plan. <laughs> But, but what else is out there, though, Trav? That's the problem is is nobody's doing a good job of developing quarterbacks right now. I, I guess if he's got the, the brass and Regina on his side that they're willing to, to wait. I mean, the defense will be better this year. You, you can't deny that. I think the biggest signing for them wasn't Vince Young, but it was uh, Derek Dennis. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the line is going to be better by default. I mean, they got, I mean you got Derek Dennis there. Their Canadian situation looks really good all of a sudden yeah last year it looked really bad this year it looks really really good so i think those will be the biggest factors in the riders you know advancing forward this year but as you mentioned with with franklin i can't think you know how there always seems to be that you know there was the drew willie when he was a backup in saskatchewan zach caleros a backup in toronto they're just Outside of Franklin, there doesn't seem to be another guy that's out there waiting. So, as you mentioned, the Riders better hope he's willing to come to Regina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, and you as a Rider fan, you don't sound so confident in that. No. Well, maybe he will uh, end up coming to the team uh, because the trade's not going to happen. No, the <laughs> trade will never happen. He'd have, he'd have to come. He'd have to not sign an extension and sign as a free agent. Yeah, and maybe he knows that it looks like that's the only team that would maybe go for him when he goes to free agency. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't actually have to talk to Chris Jones for that to know no, that. Exactly. But unless the Eskimos, and I've talked to Andrew from the Empire Podcast, and he said, what if they trade Mike Riley? Exactly. And if I, th- they trade- I think you might see that ahead of a Mike Riley is in the conversation for best quarterback in the CFL. To me, he also gets hurt at least three times a year. Yes. So if Hervey has the balls to trade Riley, which he probably wouldn't trade to Saskatchewan. Nope. Then Chris Jones is screwed. Yeah. I, I, or they need to go out and find somebody that's younger than Vince and Kevin and figure it out. 
Yeah, that, that that Durant trade really, oh, it felt like a kick in the guts to me. Now I'm able to look at it more logically, but I'm like, I don't even, I don't want to go to the home opener. <laughs> well, again, the thing the thing that drives that drives me nuts is the amount of fans that agreed with that trade. Like, what? Like, are you kidding me? Are you like I can't believe there's people that actually were out there that believed sending a legitimate CFL quarterback for a bag of footballs was a was a good idea. Well, and there's so many layers to this issue because I'm a big believer that players should have more guaranteed money because yes. they're putting their bodies and their lives on the line every time they walk onto the field. So, well, did you see? Sorry to cut you off, Trav, but did you see that one to, on you? That point to add to your point. Did you see that one tweet from Chad Owens? What did he say? Well, Chad Owens, there's football players that are trying to put together a program to get health insurance, right, for CFL players, right? Yes, because as you said, these are the guys, and they're working a job essentially where you could go out and play that game tomorrow and have your life altered forever and yeah. not see anything for it. You just get you get paid the rest of your contract, and then because you're hurt, they they do have to pay you, yeah. or they can just cut you because yeah. you've lost a step or whatever. You're done. Yeah. Or but, you could go, or you could go out and break your neck, Trav, and not have any kind of benefits. Yeah, exactly. And you, you're not only done with football; it, it's really hard to get anything else done. Yeah. When you're in that situation, but at the same time, a coach, <laughs> yeah. you know, Corey Chamberlain goes and gets fired, and he gets to go hang out at home and get his full contract. Yeah, and get his new business going, and now he's back in the CFLs of DC. Yeah, seamless transition. He's doing okay, so Ugh. good for him. So I, I was on the side of Durant, saying, "Yeah, give him that guaranteed money." But the story I heard this week is that Durant literally had almost the pen to paper for the contract. His lawyer was going over it. He was going to sign it. And then Jones had the press conference and said, ah, Durant's been moderately successful in Regina. No way. I didn't read that. That's incredible. I did hear that. (laughs) Wow. That kind of makes it, it, it's it's almost more of a Durant versus Jones thing. And and that makes it pretty obvious. And again, uh, it comes back to the fact, Jones's arrogance, he thinks he can, he thinks he's, God's gift to personnel moves, and maybe he's not. Yeah. <laughs> and a- another story that is the one that I'm choosing here, and there, it's another one where there's so many layers to it, is basically just the Toronto Argonaut, Argonauts organization. Yeah. I. Why wasn't Jim Barker fired the day after the Grey Cup? <laughs> I don't know. And then Scott Milanovic resigns later on. They're left with free agency open, and there was no one. Yep. And then they end up losing A.J. Jefferson, Kenny Shaw, Deontay Spencer, all to the Ottawa Red Blacks. I know. And now, of course, Chamberlain's back there. They have Tressman. They have Pop. But is it too... I never thought that they would be worse off with new owners <laughs> and the new stadium in Toronto. But they are, and you're you're absolutely right. The Jim Barker move could have been made so much earlier than it was, and that team could have been well prepared for the future. I, I think this is going to be another lost season, and I've always been of the belief. I have yet to see 
Tressman or Pop succeed without Anthony Calvillo? So I'm just saying, who was the who was the biggest part of those dynasty days in Montreal? We don't really know. Right now, to me, it looks like Anthony Calvillo. Mark well, Tressman, but I, I, Mark Tressman will have a very similar quarterback in Ricky Ray this year, who's a, he's already announced the starter. The, I way. find that bizarre that they've already <laughs> said Ricky Ray is our starter. They give up their first. Did it become the first overall pick? It's the first overall pick. Yeah, they give the first overall pick for Drew Willie, and he's not your starting quarterback. <laughs> they go what with. Thirty-eight-year-old Ricky Ray, and and again, I've said it. I've said it before. I've said it on this pod, and maybe not about Tressman, but Jim Pop certainly has hasn't had success when Calvillo was gone. What makes you think he can do it? I don't know. I don't the proof. The proof. Look at Pop's record without Calvillo. Just look at the talent they lost. They lost Corey Greenwood, Canadian linebacker, to Edmonton. Alexander Dupuis, Canadian fullback. To Edmonton, Brian Hall, defensive lineman, not the crazy guy uh, that used to call Eskimos <laughs> games. <laughs> Dan, Dan Lefevre is now in, I mean, argue what you want, but he's now in Winnipeg. I they love lost. that move, by the way. Yeah, I, I think Lefevre, I really don't know if he was given a completely fair shake before he went down to, I think he tried that Major League Football that never played a game. <laughs> Which I think shows just how impressive it is for the CFL to survive when there is the the powerhouse National Football League and all eyes are on it at all times. And how many leagues have tried to take off in the States and they can't even play a game. Or or you're the XFL and you last for a season, but leave us with a really, really good 30 for 30. <laughs> oh, that was great. It was so good. If you haven't seen it yet, you're nuts. <laughs> Go find it. But the Toronto Argonauts this offseason make me actually wonder if somebody in that organization is trying to take them down. I don't some, know, move them to Halifax. Like that. Or, or make it an eight-team league again. I, it, it actually <laughs> seems like they're trying to be the worst team in the world, not uh, just the CFL. <laughs> the worst team in the world. <laughs> uh, that's that's funny, Trav, but you're right. I, I like your conspiracy theory, man. <laughs> so, so bust out the tinfoil hats. Trav is on to something here. <laughs> and... Uh, other, I guess, we can talk a little bit of coaching moves, I guess. Orlando Steinauer out in uh, uh, Hamilton. Jeff Reinbold is now the defensive coordinator. He was crazy as their special teams guy. Now, watch him. The all-caps tweeter as their defensive coordinator. Well, I, I, I can't wait to see the shade, the lovely shades of purple he's going to turn. <laughs> like, Cave- Wow. And Cavis Reed, the man you mentioned that was asked about the 13th man game. Uh, yeah, is by the some guy. ass clown for some website <laughs> that shall not be named. Is the guy in Montreal, which that surprised me. Me as well, but I know a guy who knows Cavis very well, and I think he's going to do pretty all right there. I'm, I, think, I think he's going to turn things around. I think Montreal wanted to keep Chapdelaine as their coach. Yep, and uh, it, it seemed like the people in Montreal were really happy with him as head coach. 
Yeah, it, it, and it, people were coming to games, and the yeah. players like them. And I, I, there's something to be said for you know they, the that that is a city that embraces all things you know French Canadian, and I think having a very well qualified French Canadian as your head coach is not a bad thing. We had to say goodbye to some players uh, that maybe they'll be back. Maybe they won't. Uh, headed off to the National Football League. Adam Big Hill, actually, he got a three-year deal with the Saints. So it seems like they really like him. Yeah. Uh, Quincy McDuffie uh, from the Bombers is gone. Bola Combo gone from BC as well. So Solomon Elamimian was a big uh, signing for them. Uh, Otha Foster from Saskatchewan is gone. Darrell Walker, Jeff Knox Jr., Dion Lacey, Forrest Hightower, Mitchell White. That is a lot of players that are heading down south. <laughs> and again, it's just proving more and more, Travis, how good this league is. A- absolutely. And we had to say goodbye to another player, but for different reasons. Smiling Hank Burris retires on top. He he did, and he does, and it's and it's rightfully so. It's good to see him go out. I'm looking forward to seeing him here in Saskatoon for the Husky Football Foundation's Dogs Breakfast. Uh, that's coming up here in May. And I also read today, Trav, it looks like he's joining the uh, the panel. That makes me so happy. Uh, I did hear that it may be Schultzy leaving, which makes me sad. Yeah, it's that I would agree. He went through some stuff, obviously, last year, but uh, it, it that does make me sad. But I think Henry Burris would be a great replacement for another fan favorite. When are they going to get a defender on? That's a good question. <laughs> That's a Milton, real good question. <laughs> Milt, Hank, Climey, Dunnigan, uh, Schultze, all offensive guys. <laughs> You're right. Maybe you know who I would like to see, and he does great color on the Bombers broadcast. Is Doug Brown? There's a defensive guy that's absolutely. You know, I love listening to the CJOB broadcast there with Dougie Brown. Are there any guys right now that I would love if Odell Willis or Simone Lawrence ended up on the panel? That would be quality TV. Oh yes, or Sean Lemon. Oh, that'd be another great one. I actually wonder if Lemon and Bo and Odell don't like each other and that we will see a triple threat match. (laughs) WrestleMania 33 this Sunday in Orlando, Florida, (laughs) because those Twitter wars that they have had. That that was maybe the story of the uh, offseason. There's been a lot of Twitter wars. So, well, and somebody, uh, we finally worked in a, re- I'm surprised how long it took us to work in a wrestling reference. Somebody let Daryl know cause, so he can rip us up and down again. <laughs> it's WrestleMania week, man. I know. You have to. You have to talk about it. <laughs> I got a chance to meet Brett the Hitman Hart last Friday. What did I, what did me and uh, my buddy Brandon do as soon as that game was over? Came back to watch his match with Stone Cold Steve Austin from WrestleMania 13 at my house. When I saw the pictures, I can't lie. I felt like just... I don't know, planting landmines out of your place. <laughs> so when you went to leave that, you know. That I blew up. You wanted me to explode because I met Bret Hart. Yes, I did. It, it's funny because, and Trav, you know me. I've allegedly been a professional broadcaster for a decade. I looked at Brett and I, I shook his hand and I said to him, I said, Brett, normally I try not to fanboy too hard during interviews. I said, when I talk to you later tonight, I won't be able to help it. I've been watching you since I was a kid, and 
he smiled and he was unbelievable with all the all the fans and everybody he signed an autograph with. He took time to take pictures, tell stories. You know, he's he, and it seems like he's recovered well after the stroke. I yeah. mean, his body's obviously like many old wrestlers. His body is very beaten up, but his mind is still sharp as ever. Um, when I told him that our buddy Brandon had driven up three hours from Lloyd Minster to, to Saskatoon just to meet him that night. He immediately engaged with Brandon, and, and they talked great matches, and they talked, you know, guys he liked, guys he hated, and it was, it was incredible just listening to him speak, you know, the whole time. And my interview with him was, you know, and I'm glad it came near the, at, at almost the end of my career. It was a real highlight. Can you say that? Can you just say this to make me feel better? Yes. That you didn't invite me because you knew I was working and I wouldn't be able to come. It, well, that's exactly why I didn't invite you. Okay, thanks, buddy. Otherwise, I would have in a heartbeat. Dude, if you lived in the city, even if you lived in Lloyd Minster <laughs> instead of Red Deer, I would have absolutely invited you. I actually met Brett in uh, college. He came out with a, a book, uh, and I met him at the West Edmonton Mall, and he signed my book for me. So I, I have met Brett before. Man, I cried when he got beat by Shawn Michaels, that greasy heartbreak kid. So... But I was I was not an adult back then. I want to be clear. <laughs> let's let's clear this up. Travis was young enough that when he cried like a little baby because Red Hart lost, he was very young and it's acceptable. Although I'm not saying that if it happened now, I would not cry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now that we're into the wrestling talk, Trav, do we have anything else to wrap up our return episode? You know what? We're back, so I got to get Brazilian tie on the line. Fantastic. Let's get him. And, of course, we're back. We couldn't have an episode without Brazilian Ty. I, I'm quite surprised. Free agency opened up on February 14th. Ty, and you haven't signed with any other podcast. No, I'm pulling the Bautista. I'm just going to wait for the options to kind of open up. And if they never do, I'll just resign for less money. So what you're saying, Ty, is I don't have to pay any more bar tabs because that was our agreement last year. You, you never did pay any bar tabs to begin with. Did he buy you one <laughs> beer at least? Uh, yeah, probably at Hogfest, but I don't remember. <laughs> how many How many times have I given you free accommodation in my house? That's got to count for something. That's called friendship. <laughs> that's fair. That's, that's, well, you get my friendship. You get to go out and explore all these other offers, and all you get in return is my friendship as an offer to come back to our podcast. Do I get a receipt so I can return it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were asking yeah. for a tax receipt, but that's much colder. That's much meaner. <laughs> hey, who are you uh, waxing? I know it's March 27th, but who are you waxing? I'm going to wax the riders again. <laughs> the more things change, the more they stay the same. Hey, it's all right. We also Which spent like perfect, a good... That's a perfect segue, Travis. Okay. The more things change, the more they stay the same. You build a new stadium, and you're talking about how you want to rejuvenate the community and get more people interested in football. You have the exact same amount of seats, and you want to try to sell more season tickets. Like, come on. You you think they should have walk-up seats available? Not only that, but maybe add, they should have designed it to hold more because there's obviously already a high demand for tickets. Adding more seats isn't going to lower the demand. It's going to allow more people in. And then more people off the waiting list, and it just it'll be a snowball effect, and you can get more people in. But to I, play I devil's it. advocate, don't you want there to be a demand? The demand won't go away just because there's more seats. People right now won't even don't even want to 
get on a waiting list because they know they'll never get it. It's like trying to get season tickets from somebody. They can't transfer ownership unless it's to a family member. Why, why should that matter? If somebody's willing to pay the money, they should be able to do with the tickets what they want. I'm on the wait list. Apparently, I'm getting the email tomorrow. It's, it's basically just a communist state at this point. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't go after Chris Jones, but I guess I did that for like 20 minutes, Ty. <laughs> well, I mean, we're not even at week one yet. He hasn't made any boneheaded decisions other than cutting Canadian debt. Oh, really? You, th- you like the Durant trade? Nobody likes the Durant trade, and if you do, you don't like football. And the Vince Young signing? <laughs> yes. What about the Vince Young signing? Yeah, 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I don't like Vince Young because he played it at uh, Texas, so it is what it is. But, I mean, if anything, I guess it'll open up a competition, but, I mean, how bad is your competition if Vince Young has a chance? I feel like I need to wax both of you guys while I both have you on the line. Why? So, our buddy Brandon gets engaged. <laughs> yep. A few weeks ago. The next day, I get an email. <laughs> Northern Saskatchewan, stag planned. We're doing all this. I've been married for 13 months, and nobody's bought me a beer. <laughs> Don't give me that. You eloped and didn't tell anybody. <laughs> Exactly. You t- you said I didn't want to do anything because I'm eloping. So now we're waxing you and you're hairy. So that's a lot of wax. Get it fired. We might have had inside info on that event and might have already had things planned. See? And I won't give up my sources on who that was. <laughs> a good journalist never does. Can we all go to FUD Records and you guys buy my burger? I'm if you keep it under a pound, I guess we can. Oh, man. That's what I'm worth to you guys. <laughs> I, I think I think Ty, this is where the podcast comes to an end because Travis is going to hang up on both of us. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> well, you know, if you come to Edmonton on Saturday night, we can have your egg party there. Yeah, I got a free forty ounce Mitchell. steak. Oh, that sounds good. Would uh, my other friends show up, or do I only uh, have one? Andrew from the Empire. Okay, <laughs> and and he's basically the podcast co-host, so it makes him like your BFF because. <laughs> You know, that whole hiatus thing I went on until I found a new job. And if, and if you do come, we might end up at a certain club across the street from the Coach Plaza Hotel. I better stay home. <laughs> uh, I, guess, I, guess that brings it, I guess that brings us to an end, and I have a new parting words for everybody. Buy a Honda. <laughs> when are we recording again? I don't know. Sometime After you buy a Honda. Before May? Before May? Yeah, before May. We'll talk some draft. We'll do some fun stuff. We'll actually get guests on that know stuff about football. <laughs> All right. Like. How do I, I forget what I do. Like. Like. On Facebook. Follow, follow on Twitter. Review on iTunes. Subscribe. Review on iTunes. Okay. And we'll talk to you next month. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>